2: Welcome you to Porch Talk, this is your host Alan, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and right now, so are you. I got Jaco here with me, we're upstairs from Substrate Radio, gonna talk a little bit about his latest album coming out October 9th called Dose, here's Grow Up Together.
0: It wasn't me or him, only thing I
1: What's your first name? What's your last name? Full name, Jake Waitsman Spelled W-A-I-T-Z-M-A-N. And as a kid, uh, one of my friend's uh, dad, best friend's dad, called me Jocko. So it's a childhood nickname. Um, so that's where the... That's kind of where I am. And, you know, there are... And I created this Instagram handle, Jocko Tremendez, um, before... I, I thought I was going to do music and uh, but I didn't want to release. So I just, I didn't want to release music under Jake Waitsman. That doesn't sound exciting. Um, so I just went with Jocko and, and, but, but knowing that you know, there's a bunch of other Jockos out there, like in Brazil, all over, like, if, you know, if I ask Alexa to play Jocko, that doesn't go so well for me because she, she can't, and uh, there's also Jocko Pastorius, the awesome world, world-class bass player and so, uh, who, who people just know as Jocko. So I felt w- worried about trying to just be Jocko <laughs> and while there's so many other Jockos out there, but I figured I'll just stick with a, a, a true known identity for myself and just see how it plays out. I'm not trying to replace Jocko past stories, but if I can be like in the top 10 Jockos of the world, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: that's, um, it's kind of the same for me, Alan Aldridge. When you Google that, the first thing that comes up is this like famous painter.
0: <laughs>
2: I was like, well, I've got a lot of a lot of road ahead of me. Yeah. And he's he's passed now, but still a very relevant
1: Google search. So you know, I know what you mean. Is he? Does he do landscapes? Have I I've never looked at any of his. I art. feel like I run across that on Antiques Roadshow or something. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sticking with this name. I've told you know Wes confidentially now that I'm telling you is not confidential, but I have, you yeah, know, this, I have record number two about to come out October 9th, a couple of weeks from now. And, uh, that'll, and, and then I've got this third record already kind of demoed up and I'm ready to record it. And then I'll be releasing it around this same time next year. So that'll, <clears throat> that'll make three Jocko records. <clears throat> and then I'm at that point, I'm going to weigh my options to, to either continue with Jocko or. I know I'm going to be keep keep doing music, but if Jocko's just not working out, I may, you know, I also do marketing and you know, you know, by by day sometimes. So I'm not opposed to uh, choosing a name that's maybe that Alexa could recognize and perhaps could cut cut through some of the other Jocko clutter out there. But definitely three records under Jocko with Cornelius Chapel here, the, the record label where we're at right now. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the. Uh... <clears throat> Talk about where we are. We're in we're in Birmingham,
2: Alabama. Um, upstairs in the back of this is Cornelius. This
1: is built. This building houses a couple of things. Um, you know, right now we're in the Cornelius headquarters upstairs, and downstairs we have the O Elegante Studio, which is uh, run by Lester Newby, who uh, does all the who's produced my two records, and will do the next one, and plays all the shreddy guitar hard hard does all the hard heavy lifting on my records i play drums and some guitar and singing and some keys and les picks up the, the bass and does the lead guitar but yeah so you have the studio downstairs which i recorded here and uh and also there's a record, there's a radio station called Substrate Radio, Internet Radio Station. Have you, have you heard of that? I haven't. It was just the first time I saw it was just right there on the building. You, you know? saw the sign. I should have told you parked by the that sign. And, and so, uh, yeah, so this is sort of like music headquarters, and it has been, it's, it's Wes's uh, building that he got um, to to record in, and he didn't, wasn't sure, but when he first got it, it was the Vulture Well headquarters band practice, rehearsal space and this and a studio where we recorded all of our records. and then I, so we you know we started doing I, I play the drums in, in that band and, and Wes uh, who's building this is and who also runs Cornelius Chapel, who is the front man of Vulture well Les, Lester, who I mentioned earlier, he plays lead guitar in Vulture Whale uh, also. but uh, so yeah, this is kind of like Vulture Whale headquarters and, and also during the making of those records, Les was establishing himself or had already been established as a um, well-known go-to guy in Birmingham, multi-instrumentalist, uh, session guy. And then, you know, just super producer really. And uh, every, a lot of people know less uh, more than me. And he has a, re- he had a record that just came out this year, his very first record as well. So we're all, we've all been very kind of productive post vulture whale. Um, and this building has, yeah, like been key to that. Just kind of, you know, our, our music uh, fantasy factory, <laughs> all in one <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So man, back it up for me, just are you originally from the Birmingham area? I am, I'm from Birmingham, I went to high school here, you know, college a little bit in Colorado, lived in Chicago for a little while, you know, all working. And, uh, you know, pretty much solid Birmingham since, you know, since the, my 20s and kind of played in some bands, then got with Vulture Whale. Uh, and on drums and um you know never had any real you know I always kind of had some ideas i kind of carried around mp3 recorders pocket little digital olympus old school like even had like when there were tapes and it would always kind of come up with little ideas and sometimes on the acoustic guitar i've just i don't consider myself a really i play at the guitar you know that phrase i won't call myself a guitarist but had a bunch of ideas never really considered Releasing music really until Vulturewell kind of split up it wasn't because the guys were arguing, it was just because everybody wanted to do their own stuff. Uh-huh. Except me, I didn't really have any plans to, but sort of made myself do it um, as a result of that. Yeah. So I mean, when did music
2: really become a part of your life? Was that like just out the gate, Mom and Dad records, or?
1: You know, uh, no, and I, I, I try. I've got kids of my own, and I try to be one of those families where they'll grow up and say, "Mom and Dad always had." Music playing in the house, you know, but yeah. we, we did. It, music was certainly playing, um, but it was background and it wasn't like just, we didn't focus on it. We didn't really sing out loud, you know, but uh, there was always, I've always been drawn to it, I guess, but, um, you know, uh, just fi- finally got serious when I asked for a drum set when I was 13 or something for birthday, I believe. It started junior high and started getting aware I was coming out of the music I was choosing was like, Brian Adams, Duran Duran, and then, you know, stuff like that. Michael Jackson had all those cassette tapes. Bam, you hit junior high. Ooh, you get to, like, quickly, like, stuff all that stuff under your shirt and be like, yeah, yeah, Rush, Zeppelin, yeah, never mind. I was just all, that stuff's just, I don't know how those Michael Jackson tapes got in my room. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Pink Floyd. So then I started getting into all that stuff and while I was playing drums. And at that point, starting all kinds of lame bands and, from seventh grade on, people, moms, people, parents, basements, and comp- doing all the battles of the bands in high school. So it's, And then, uh, you know, just always trying to have a band or a project or be a drummer for some kind of band ever since the seventh grade. But I've basically always also had, you know, real jobs, if you will, you know, like in marketing and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I got you. So drums is your primary.
1: Definitely. So you started playing when, in seventh grade? Started playing in seventh grade... Um, didn't pick up a guitar until I mean I loved to play air guitar when I finally picked up picked up a guitar I had a pretty good right hand because it's got some okay rhythm mm-hmm. my right hand could strum and then I realized I, I had no real left hand at all and I kind of picked it up and I got one in college because everybody you had to have like acoustic guitar like in your room or whatever in college oh, yeah. so got one mostly banged on it like sort of like Future man from uh from Bela Fleck or something and tried to like impress people like, and really couldn't play it and then I might have to get your attention for like five seconds with my stupid uh percussive guitar action. But um, yeah, over over time I finally learned some chords and I'd really like to do the same thing. So where I can, I don't have to I don't have to look at the neck, I can, you know, finally play. And and I'd like to get get somewhere with piano. But I'm kind of a late bloomer, so all this even recording myself has only really happened over the last five years where I started doing my own stuff post-Vulture Whale. You know, and that's that's in my 40s, like I'm in my mid-40s. So I didn't really start getting into home recording and, you know, doing all this do, do-it-yourself stuff until late, so mm-hmm. in the game. But how were you when you got involved here with Vulture Whale? Probably Vulture Whale, maybe first record, I'm going to say 2000. Five or six, so that would be like 15 years ago. So I would have been like 30, something like that. And you know, um, before that, had played with Wes and Les and all this bunch of guys that we know in different outfits. And uh, you know, and then uh, and then Wes finally decided to have this vulture whale project. And uh, me and Wes and Les all went to high school together, so we were all. had the same dna and trusted each other and could kind of feel each other so we were confident that would go well and then this fella keelan Parrish, um who uh, some fellow bands uh, in birmingham knew from college a guy who played bass came on and he sort of became an instant legend and he now fills in with all kinds of people um plays and you know live when you can but basically we're all kind of in this um sort of like post-high school, still in Birmingham, you know, find a band. And Vulturewell went really well. We did a bunch of albums, you know, got in a van, drove around. Got and the tour going. Of, and, and what? Got the tour going. Felt felt that I had a tour going. I felt like I had a tour experience, you know, not as grand or as long as some others, but uh, that's definitely something, you know, to, to do. I mean, that is... That, that, that kind of like I can't imagine going back and trying to find all those motels in the middle of the night and doing all that stuff again. Right, right now. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly awesome, you know, when you're doing. Yeah, so That's an idea of being a road warrior early on,
2: right? As you get older, though, it's kind of like I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah.
1: You start to miss right? And uh you know, Wes was the first one to have kids, and so I, not, not being able to relate, I just kind of wanted to keep going, and so. Maybe more, and then uh, I can certainly understand now having kids that you definitely miss them and really don't want to be on the road uh, for super lengths of the time. Although I think we're all ready, we would go for a year. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking for uh, not necessarily everybody, but uh, since we're all just been homebound so long, you know. Yeah. But I certainly look forward to, as far as live stuff, you know, getting getting this record out and then finishing the third one, and then I'll have at that point you know three albums worth of stuff. Maybe uh, at that point I'll, I'll I would love to try to form some kind of live, you know, full band thing. If there's a way to do that, you know, if it's worth. I don't think I would form a band just to go do a webcast show, but uh, hopefully by then we'll have figured out a way to uh, be out at, at shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling
2: you, man, I've I've uh we've hosted a couple of live shows on the uh the Ports Talk Facebook page and you know it's it's better than nothing, but it's it's not it's not what the musician really wants and it's not what a fan of the musician wants either. Right. It's just kind of a filler. It's it, there there's nothing like that live connection where you're vibing off of each
1: other, right? I think that's true um and I, and I have you know drummer experience of that and only played one show as a as a front man in my, my, at my last album's uh cd release or album release and yes there is that and um yeah it's hard to, it's hard to have to recreate that even with all the technology that we are fortunate to have in place to be able to at least you know watch shows and do the best we can you know and yeah. i'm sure i'll get out there at one point by myself and try to pick up an acoustic and get people to go on Facebook Live at some point soon, but uh, because you have to, but that's because I think we all feel like we need to, you know, we have that, that performance gene aspect of it as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have uh,
2: a record or anything out now, but just, you know, going from playing out before COVID, you know, maybe it was once every couple of weeks or whatever that looked like to not being able to do it. It almost feels like you might be forgotten if you're not doing something, right, like uh, you'll lose, you'll lose all the
1: ground that you had. Yeah, there is that. There's that pressure to always, you know, especially with all the noise, or right, you know, I say noise, but with everybody posting about everything all the time, um, it's easy just to feel like you got to, <laughs> and it's hard to make an, make a second record, just knowing that basically just pours a bunch of dirt on the first one, just like okay, you know. And that's not going to be promoted again. If anybody's ever going to listen to that, they're going to have to just uh, somehow follow the current promotion and then dig down. But for me, it's really not about like, you know, trying to you know, make a bunch of money or, you know, be, be huge. Like I, this just recording the stuff coming from, as I say, a late blooming drummer kind of backing into guitar and backing into this stuff. Um, I feel like it's sort of like a, I hate to say, but like sort of kind of a personal dream come true a little bit, just to put out the, you know, one record. Um, sure. And, and when I have the, the third one done, I'll, I'll be able to like hold all those and just, that'll feel like re- that'll feel really good. And, and hopefully some people will will dig it. But I know that the old, the future me will be glad I, I got it done, you know, while while there was time or while yeah. I could. And it has, this kind of COVID thing has been. Good time to buckle down and grind out some art, really. Yeah. I and mean, what else are you gonna do right now, right? Right. Um,
2: and just a little bit about your process: uh, transitioning from uh, drums over to guitar, into songwriting, into um, singing, and uh, filling out most of your own songs. When you're in the studio, are you doing all
1: these pieces yourself? Basically, I, I have it all. I feel like I arrange it all in my head. I start with these ideas, these scraps, usually getting, getting them off my phone, you know, now I just use Evernote. It'll be a melody or a chorus or something. And then I'll, and then I'll just sort of, uh, go back and dig through all that and say, okay, those are some good ideas. And then I just sort of try to build songs off those ideas, sometimes combining them or whatever, um, you know, to sit down in earnest to make something out of those ideas. That's sort of the hardest part, you know, going back through and, what have I done? Because it's, it's easy to be inspired and just come up with some cool melody and then you're just walking down the street you don't have to wear it. Sitting back down, for me, I'm sort of a procrastinator. So I, when I finally do it, I, I'm kind of writing notes and and you know how when you play guitar uh, on the internet looking for like a song to play, the way I kind of chart my stuff out is I just put the chords over the lyrics. So I'm kind of writing words and music at the same time, writing like if I'm supposed to go, ah, you know, right after that I'll just do a little ah, in parentheses right out by the the F or whatever chord it is. So I'm kind of, a, and I'll be like, this is where you should put some keys. So I'm kind of arranging things there. It's almost just like a guitar tab, right? Yes, for me, kind of like how I, for what works for me, right? And yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I, you're coming from a drumming background. Coming from an untrained musician, no theory, just drumming, playing by ear background. You couldn't have, you know, you couldn't have convinced the, the young, stubborn me to learn. What I should have learned, but and now I'm still I'm trying to catch up. I can't chart actual music notes, but yeah, that that's the, I use those, and then so then I, I feel like I got something. And then I, and then I make sure it plays through on acoustic or the piano or whatever it's supposed to be. You know, and then uh, if that if that all plays through on the paper, and then I'll try to make a scratch track, and um, and where I'm just playing guitar, you know, electric or whatever, and filling in some parts, and then playing drums to that, singing over that not worrying about how it sounds just to have it just demo, you know, and then later when I get all a bunch of demos done for a record, I'll come over here where we're at now. Olegante studio and Les, and I will have already sent Les these drop boxes and he will. So, so he and I will then just the two of us arrange it all out and do all the, the, uh, um, the eyes and oohs and the, the keyboards and the, and the effects and stuff like that. But, um, when I, by the time I get here, it's both. It's, it's mainly all just business and just kind of executing just notes I've already I've already planned out. You know, and yeah. it, well, there, there is certainly some studio improvisational moments. and Les brings all this extra stuff in that I haven't thought of. I don't know what he's gonna what his guitar solo is gonna sound like. So don't get me wrong. <clears throat> I can't. I'm not. I don't see everything, but but uh, I do try to make it as straightforward as possible when I get here in the studio. But Les is a genius to work with. So, he, you know, I, I can't do what the stuff he does. <clears throat> so I, I'm, I'm always relying on um, some some guy, some guy flashier than me, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've done two
2: podcasts before this, and his name has come up on both of those. <laughs> it's, it's just as far
1: as, like, um, I told having, having a mind for it, right? <laughs> he does. He's, he's always been a go-to guy, and we all probably, like, didn't plan it to do our interviews to end up stroking less as an ego, even more than it already is. But yeah, he, he, he's sort of been crucial to like the, I say this building and everything going on here. And um, he can do it all. And uh, he's just an easy guy to work with. And so, so many people have, and so he and I are so close. So he was just, it's just a matter when I get done, it's just a matter of me getting on his schedule because he is busy. So yeah. basically when I, when I started, uh, he and I try to get it done as fast as we can. Um, and then we push it over to Jason Hamrick, who is the, our local mastering wizard who's who is um, also over substrate radio, which I mentioned, is also downstairs. so it's just you know kind of like this music club where yeah, everything happens in the same place,
2: yeah, and just just a little bit more about the building like uh, substrate radio. Um, as far as like people being able to find that it's it's online only, does it have a, a literal station on the
1: is, a- I don't think AM FM? I don't believe they're over the air except for the Jackie Lowe show. So Jackie Lowe is Jason's wife and she um, you know, has a show that's on Birmingham Mountain Radio. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's a substrate radio show. But that one is carried over the F M but but the other shows part of the week is strictly online. And I believe it's substrate radio.com. Yeah. And just with the other part, just with what, you know, just with uh,
2: maybe a little bit about the forming of Cornelius and a little bit of that history.
1: Yeah. And, and I shouldn't speak to that too much. I, somebody else should be here to keep me honest, but you've, <laughs> you've heard of the Dexatines. Yeah. And so I guess at some point I'm looking, i just reading their name over there on the, on the whiteboard. But Elliot, I believe, formed this label with a guy named, with a couple of other guys, and I'm not going to try to name names because I'm not sure I'm going to get them all right, but started this label to put out some Dexatines and some other stuff. And at some point, Wes uh, partnered with those guys. And so now I'm not sure who's all really involved, but, um, you know, yeah, so it's, it's been around uh, for a, a while before Wes got involved, and I think at that point you saw more, I think it just kind of like it almost came from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham, which maybe, I'm just kind of assuming, it seems like it uh, opened it up to a lot of um, bands to be recording on, on the label. Uh, as you can see, you know, and there's all the stuff in this room, and all these, all these artists and bands. So I think, I think it's kind of seems like it's grown over the last couple of years. Yeah, man, it has. And uh, just as far
2: as um, Dexatines, like when I think about Tuscaloosa sound, you know, that's that's what comes to mind. Yeah. And you know, I think you're right. As, as it moved over here to Birmingham, it, it kind of opened everything up.
1: It's, it's cool for us because when we were in Vulture Whale. You know, active. We only just always wanted to get a show with the Dexatines. Uh, They were, you know, had a great crowd, super cool, such great guys. And I think we had a couple of chances to play with them, but I know we. I never felt like. I don't think we all. I think we all agree that we never felt like we had a a, the best turnouts or the best conditions or what something happened or whatever happened with the shows or whatever. But um, I always felt like if if Vulturewell had had gone on tour or something, had played more shows with it, because you know, the Dexatines were yeah, like you say, you think of southern rock you know yeah certainly tuscaloosa but they are they're they're the number one so yeah uh so just being on being on all these guys being with you know i'm just glad to put out some they're kind enough to put out my stuff um i've lost all objectivity at this point i don't know if they're just being nice because they know me because i was in the vulture well and they're just going to say they're going to they're going to change the locks as soon as I put my third record out <laughs> but it, it is cool to be uh, you know I, I it's part of I say like kind of my dream was always to be able just to be able to create something just like all these these people that I've admired you know locally really and but then of course uh, you know uh, other artists that are w- more well known you know I don't really I'm not putting myself in that class but But, you know, just uh, I I was very pleased to be able to just put my little CD right in my alphabetized CD collection. Yeah. I forget who else was there by the J's, but Jellyfish was not too far off. But anyway, those kind of little things is for me what it's all about. And I'm just glad to, yeah, to to be on this label with all these cool, cooler people. Yeah, man. So
2: uh, just to back it up to today is um, you say you're getting ready for
1: the third album correct well the second one's about to drop it's called Dose and it'll be out October 9th and then it'll just sort of you know and and hopefully the the PR people have gotten me some album reviews and so there'll be a little bit of a a push quote unquote and I should probably figure out some sort of webcast show to do but then you know it'll become flu season Halloween everyone will forget about Jocko and then and then it'll be Christmas time. But yes, that during that I'll be in this, my, my garage studio in my backyard working on the third record. And then hopefully by the time before Christmas rolls around, I can get Lester over here to start doing the, the fine tuning. So that if I, I've learned the timeline now. So if I, if I I stick to that, it basically means I could have like CDs made in my hand by May, you know, which means I will release sometime around yeah, the same time next year, and then, yeah. and then I don't know from there. Yeah, and just just saying,
2: things return to normal. Like, were some uh, places around town, or just maybe uh, uh, places around the uh, around the country where you might be playing? You got any ideas on that? Just as reflecting back when things were normal, to maybe when they are.
1: Like, where would be? Where would I like to? Where could I see myself playing, or, or yeah. how could it go? Yeah. But like it, assuming this wasn't going on, I, I, I would probably, I'd probably be torn between create you know, spending the time and energy to to do a live band, to promote the records. And, uh, and, 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 torn between that and, or, and just recording this third record because I kind of can't do it, it. The main thing I'd like to see is the three records done <laughs> almost more than I'd like to, uh, to, to go out on the road so um, so if even if things were normal I think right about now I would have worked up some one man or two man show to play maybe at Disco this Desert Island Supply Company this nonprofit place look it up Disco.org but I okay. played there last year I probably would have come up with some just to say I did it some live show and all the proceeds went to Disco and it was like a you and have a release CD. party. So yeah, I did it. And, and it took up a lot of nerve just because drums are easy to hide behind. And I, and I give a lot of props to the front people out there, um, because I, I, I was very nervous leading up to that. And so I, I admit that I was sort of relieved knowing that, um, I wouldn't be able to play a show because of COVID, uh, cause I just got, but I, I so now I'm going to finish the record, but I, I promise to work up the nerve. Um, so yeah, the goal would have been to finish the records and then work up work up some kind of band um, to go open for somebody and, you know, rent a, really do it, really, really, I mean, if my wife was okay with it. Yeah. For a couple of whatever weekends or play some kind of shows, got, got to get out of town, right, a couple of times. So, I don't know, maybe to Nashville or Atlanta and play a couple of shows in Birmingham with potentially some people that would be willing, but it's, but the to, to, to time and energy spent to get a band together, just to only play a couple of shows, it's also kind of a hard thing to convince people to do because you have sure. to have so many practices just to be awesome enough for yourself and then just to play one or two shows. Uh, you know, I wonder if at my age, if some of the people that I would call may have something better to do than <laughs> all that. So it's, it's tough. That's a, it's a great question. I don't know what I would do but I, I think I at this point consider myself more of a recording artist rather than a performer you know but I would love to do both um, and I'd love to get more confident on stage and I'd like to I'd like to get to a point where maybe I had to I, I was able to stop inventing reasons or scenarios to how I would do it or how to and I would love for like the phone to ring or get one email that says so, from somebody that says hey come play this <laughs> show or festival or anything and then I would be like, because I, I have a hard time saying no so I'd be like sure what and then at that point I know you know I know I would I would know I'd probably answer the call and get something together but um but I, I want to push these records out, but I don't want to push myself too much on people. I would like to see yeah. how this settles for a little bit.
2: I, I like that man because like even with like uh, the things that I'm planning on doing at home you know with my stuff is it's not so much to be able to tour it as much as I just want it to exist beautifully said I agree yeah that's right I got something creative that I want to try to do and uh I just want the even if it's just five people you know if they enjoy it hey
1: I did my job Uh, that's how I feel too and a lot of times one of those people or half of them are my mom and my sister but um and that's okay Uh, you know but and another thing for me too is just the little ideas and the songs that just swirl around your head that don't go anywhere that just kind of they get cluttered up and you kind of have to get them you feel like you have to get them out or down or recorded or something yeah then you can make room for more of that clutter right which is more welcome if you know that you know how to dispose of it and i say put it on dispose of it putting it on record Um, so yeah that's something i've um just as i say being late late in this game i've figured out that little process that helps me declutter and put this down. And to me, that is like you say more valuable than if anybody really actually listens.
2: Yeah, I guess that's what makes it cool to be signed to Cornelius, right? Is like, you're not
1: really trying to, you just want to record right. it. You're not focused on like touring the thing and all. There are no pressure. There's no pressure from them for that. And certainly not now, but I don't think there would be. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice vehicle for guys like me, people like me, um, well, I'm thankful for it, and I or just and, want to create. And and my, yes, and and I'm, I just like being in the company with all these other artists: witches, wall, Will Stewart. You know, like we mentioned, um, yeah. Caleb, and uh, they ain't slouches. Leon the Third, and who? I mean, they're not slouches.
2: I mean, these are these are damn good musicians, right?
1: And and I think and, and I think that they, you know, I don't pay attention to all the press, but hopefully, they're those people are getting proper attention. I think it would be neat if. Uh, someone looked at Birmingham with this label or something, and sort of recognized sort of the volume going on. I think it just deserves kind of a, almost a collective um, kind of appreciation, and certainly individual artists do. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's cool. I like being part of. It. I'm a team player. I'm a company man. What can I say? I, I, I like being part of. It. I feel like I'm part of a you know a team or a scene or something, and that's that's valuable to, valuable to me too. You know? Yeah, man.
2: Well, cool. Um, anywhere else you want to go?
1: I can't think. No, man. Um, I feel like you got it out of me. <laughs> I told you everything.
2: Um, well, Jake, thank you so much, man. Uh, just uh, let's plug your social media. And uh, just once um, again, yeah. just plug where to find your music and the different platforms where it's available.
1: Yeah, thanks. And I appreciate you, Alan. And I appreciate you reaching out and um, and, and uh, having this podcast You know, focus on you know turn it shining somewhat of a light on you know me personally and just all the stuff you do and uh, yeah so new album coming out it's called dose and and you'll I, be hearing it on this podcast if that's cool you Oh sweet help. please yeah so it play. comes out October 9th October 9th that's right and my you spell my name like taco with a now uh, I told that to my friend and she now she just calls me taco but it's basically <laughs> <laughs> it's taco with a J. And so my website is Jocko songs, And that's the same handle Jocko songs for Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, you can get to find everything from there. And, um, the CD will be available for, you know, digital streaming all over the place. And, and, and the album will, and then the CD, you can, you can order it, uh, Cornelius West and I will package it up and tape it and mail it to your mailbox with some stickers probably. Great. Well, Jake, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Alan, thank you. appreciate you guys
2: listening. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you listen to on. I don't understand the algorithms, but I hear that helps a lot. And so thank you in advance. We got a website, www.porch-talk.net. And so that's a great way to see all of our social media and where we're all at on the internet. It's a great way just to keep up with what we're doing. You can contact us there as well. All right, so we're going to walk the thing on out the door with some more music off of Jocko's upcoming album that drops October 9th, Dose. Here is Things in a Dream. Thank you all so much. <laughs>
0: I'm a big So just drinking in this dream I'll break my news Say